Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning. I am joined from the University of Minnesota by Mary Meyer. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Denny. Great to hear your voice. Oh, and great to hear yours, and I know the listeners are as well. If you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to talk to Mary Meyer. Either call Mary or send Mary a text. Uh, Same number, 651-461-9226. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we get very busy here. So don't wait, 651-461-9226. Well, we are officially at, uh, let's see, 30 degrees in the Twin Cities. And since you and I talked last, a bit of a change here with uh, with the weather and maybe a little bit of snow. And I know, in fact, we already did get a question about dormant seeding. Is it still too early or can I start dormant seeding? Texter wants to know. It's perfect for dormant seeding, right? We like to think of November as the ideal time for that. We don't want the seed to germinate now in the fall. Uh, We're hoping that it will just settle in and then first thing in the spring will germinate. So this is a great time to dormant seed. You know, maybe we could back up a little bit as far as definitions, Mary, for newer listeners. Uh, What exactly is dormant seeding? What's the process? Well, the process is that the uh, seed actually gets settled down in the soil, but it does not germinate. So that's why it's, it's a dormant time of year when you actually put it down. But then first thing in the spring, it will germinate. Most of the time we're we're planting seed, we're thinking it's going to come up uh, right away. But dormant seeding is the opposite. You put it down in the season before you really want it to germinate. And mostly we're talking about our lawn grasses here, our cool season lawn grasses. But there's a lot of interest now in uh, bee lawns. And these are lawns that have flowers that benefit pollinators. And they can be dormant seeded also. Well, that's good to know. Are more people getting into that uh, that type of planting? Yes, there's a lot of interest in that. We've got a new uh, information up on the website, extension.umn.edu. And, yeah, we find there's a lot of interest in this. Uh, people are embracing native plants and realizing the importance of pollinators, and our lawns can actually be a good food source for pollinators. 
Now, as far as, uh, and we're getting another question or two about the dormant seeding, uh, what type of grass, I, guess, I suppose grass seed, I should say, and we've got a lot of good good ones, choices around these parts at the good nurseries. Uh, it, it all depends on what, your sun conditions, uh, what type of grass, or what would you recommend using? Well, we are really promoting the fine fescues now at the University of Minnesota. These are low-maintenance grasses. They do have a good to- uh, tolerance for shade, but they're also very good for our cool, uh, normally cool weather conditions that we have. So fine fescues. Uh, and then traditionally, we've recommended Kentucky bluegrass and perennial rye. There's a lot of improved perennial ryegrass now. So if you have a sunny one, we still promote a mixture of two or three different kinds of grasses. If it's shady and if you know you really want the low-maintenance turf conditions, uh, then I would go with the fine fescues. Okay, very good. Again, if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, now is your chance, 651-461-9226. Here's one uh, listener said this, Mary. I brought in my fern, and it is large and beautiful, uh, three by four inches. Can it be trimmed? Maybe they mean feet. Uh, a lot to yeah. fit into my sunroom, and how do you do it? All right, so the, uh, this is a fern. How do, They want to bring it into a sunroom, and they want to trim it. How exactly can you trim it, or should you? You can do some pruning right now as you bring it in. What's going to happen is probably a lot of that foliage is going to die because it will adjust to the lower light conditions in your house. So you might want to wait a week or two and see how much of it falls off naturally. But otherwise, um, I would try pruning it more at the base. It might look strange if you cut off the tips of this fern. Uh, but I think if it was mine, I'd just wait and see what it looks like in a week or two. All right. Again, here's her phone number. It's also the text number for your question uh, to Mary, 651-461-9226. Let's go to the phones. Ken is calling in from Blaine this morning. Ken, you are on with Mary Meyer. Good morning. Um, I have three uh, flowering bulb plants, one uh, peacock, orchid, summer trumpet, and cosmia. And I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about those. And uh, do they need to be dug up uh, in the fall here? Or, and how do I prepare the bulbs? Do I, do I clean, them with, clean the dirt off of them? Uh, Ken, I'm actually not sure what plant you have. Those are the cultivar names. But, uh, so I would say to be on the safe side, I would dig them up. Many of the tropicals that have beautiful flowers are not hardy for us. And right now is the time when we dig dahlias, cannas, uh, and many of the lilies. Not Now is the time when we dig dahlias, cannas, uh, and many of the lilies. Not the, not the Asian oriental lilies, but more of tropical lilies. So I would dig them up carefully, trying not to cut any of the roots. And if you can shake some of the soil off, you can leave a little bit of soil on there. But 
cool temperatures and high humidity, which is difficult for us. That's not really what we love in our homes, but a cool basement or a lightly heated garage might work. And if you can put them in uh, breathable, like paper bags, I would try that. There's a uh, text about raspberries. They This texter has a mix of summer and fall bearing. How and when to prune raspberries? Um, you don't really have to prune too much now in the fall. I wouldn't worry about that. I would wait until the spring. And then uh, the traditional bearing ones, you prune those back to the ground. Those canes built for last year won't bear again. The fall bearing ones are typically thinned out and cut back by a third. But again, that's getting to be complex. We have a lot of information on that at our extension website. And we're getting into, not that we can't do this year-round, but a great wintertime reading is get on the university website, extension.umn.edu. We tell you about that every week, and for good reason. It's just some great and just jam-packed with information, extension.umn.edu. Uh, i tell you what, I know we, uh, Mary in Minneapolis is going to be on our, our, our phone is waiting there now. Uh, let's, let's take Mary's call, Dennis, and uh, then we'll take a break. Mary, you are on with Mary. Good morning. Oh, my, your phone. Go ahead, Mary. My question is, oh, I have all my medications, and they are, I don't know if I have to just tear them out. Okay, you're, Mary. I tell you what, Mary, yeah. where your phone your phone is breaking up. So let's do this. Let's take a break and we'll readjust and uh, we'll see what your question is is all about when we come back. Again, phone number and keep the radio down. By the way, six five one four six one nine two two six. Smart Garden here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. We'll be back. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are here on CCU every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Great help from folks like Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Here's our phone number. It's also our text number for your lawn or garden question for Mary, 651-461-9226. Now, Mary, in Minneapolis, I think we have our system <laughs> corrected here. Thanks for your patience. Mary, what is your question for Mary? Oh, Hello. Um, I'm just wondering about lilac bushes, and and how do I? They're old, and they, do I need to tear them all out, or is there a way I can save them? Oh my! Did you get that, Mary? Oh, you know, I didn't. All I got was, is there a way I can save them? So we need to know the name of your plant, Mary. Lilac. Oh, lilacs. Yes. Lilacs. There have been so many issues with lilacs. I've seen big old hedges that are half dead and half alive. The environmental conditions of the past couple of years have been very stressful for our lilacs, the plants that we thought we would never have any problems with. So my recommendation is if you have a plant that's half dead and half alive, I would cut it back to the ground and start over. So this renewal pruning is something we've done at the Arboretum. We've normally done this with 
plants that are very healthy to rejuvenate them and help them start all over again. So I would try that. If that doesn't work, I would suggest getting some new plants. And and I'd buy a lilac again. You would, sure. Yeah. Uh, here's a question that's on a lot of folks' minds. I haven't got my leaves picked up yet. Will they kill my grass? If it's if the leaves are covering your grass so much that you can't see the grass, yes. It's a, it's a sure way to kill your grass if you leave the leaves on them. Um, go over your lawn with a lawnmower. If, if you can see the lawn, then the shredded leaves will be fine. But you have to be able to see your lawn. Uh, the leaves will mat on, on that grass and kill it. So, yes, this is the last gasp now before the snowfall to try to remove those leaves. And we saw a really late leaf fall this year. Uh, I have a silver maple that drops every year the second week in November. So it is dropping right now. But many other trees were late to drop this year. Yeah, and it could be an issue. I've seen uh, lawns uh, totally die out because somebody didn't get to uh, removing the leaves. Or at least if if you don't have that much, I mean, it's it's there's a level that's good mulch, is there not? It's good good nutrition for the soil if it's a relatively thin uh, amount, right? Yes, it's if it's a thin amount, there's even some research on maple leaves uh, limiting the amount of dandelions that will hmm. come in a lawn. Yeah, interesting. But this is all a very light amount. So it's what your lawnmower would typically mulch uh, and and uh, distribute down in between the grass blades. And you still will see the lawn in the end of that. So if you can't see your lawn, you really need to rake the leaves off. Yeah. Let's go back to the phones, Mary. Oakdale is our destination. Jeanette is there. Jeanette, good morning. You are on with Mary Meyer. Good morning. My question to you is a mandevilla plant. How can I take that in the house and care for it? Mandevilla is a beautiful vine, uh, Jeanette, and I know some of our listeners have uh, kept this through the winter and overwintered it in their home. So it needs bright, sunny light conditions, and um, you can keep it through the winter. Um, it, it does take more uh, care and time, but it is possible to keep it. It doesn't like cold conditions, so you should move it in if you have not done so already. Make sure that you clean it up. Uh, Julie Weisenhorn has done a nice article on our Yard and Garden News um, website, and it tells you how to clean up your plants. But basically, you don't want to bring in any insects, uh, any other disease issues. So clean up the plant well before you bring it in. And if you have a bright, sunny window south or southwest exposure, you can have a nice uh, plant blooming most of the winter. Another dormant seeding question. Somebody wants to target Wednesday, uh, probably because it's going to be possibly 53 degrees. Should I dormant seed Wednesday or wait until right before it snows again? You could do it on Wednesday. Yeah, either one. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that as long as you can have good seed soil contact with the ground, uh, this is, go for it. I don't know if you have these statistics in front of you, but a texter wants to know, when does the ground normally freeze? You're right, Denny. I don't have that at the tip of my uh, tip of my tongue or fingers here. 
uh, the ground freezes depending on, of course, our air temperatures and also what kind of snow cover we have had. Now, it's possible if we get a couple of inches of snow or the snow they had in northern Minnesota, that snow fell on unfrozen ground. And if it stays now indefinitely, it actually is a mulch and the ground can remain right around freezing or above a warmer because the, the snow will protect it. But if there's no snow cover and we have cold weather conditions, the frost will go down lower into the soil. So typically this time of year, we're starting to see temperatures, uh, yeah, into the 40s down in soil and it will go down uh, quite quickly with cold air temperatures and no snow cover. We need that snow cover, don't we? For sure. We do. Yeah. Uh, this texture planted some butterfly weed in the spring. Something ate most of it, maybe caterpillars. Well, now it's pretty much completely gone. Is there a chance it will come back next spring? Yes, I think there is a chance. Uh, depending on how old it was, what kind of a root system it has, I would wait. Uh, you want to just mark that area carefully. Butterfly weed is not an early riser when it comes in the spring. It can kind of be late coming up. And um, as our listener, uh, the caller, has uh, experienced, this plant has a lot of insect pests. This is good and bad, but there are aphids. There are a number of caterpillars that will feed on uh, the Asclepias or butterfly weeds. So this is good, but it's also... Um, yeah, the plant can, can sometimes be eaten, but I, I would uh, wait and see what happens in the spring. But mark the location so you know where uh, to expect it. All right, Mary, we'll uh, take a break and have a look at that forecast, see if it's time, time for dormant seeding when that snow is going to come. Uh, and we'll have about another half hour of the show to go, and, and let's chat when we come back about the uh, Arboretum as well. So we'll do all that straight ahead. Our phone number is 651 9226. It's Smart Garden here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden show. Denny Long here along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota answering your lawn and garden questions either by phone or by text. Just one number to remember and that's 651 461 9226. Uh, Mary, what's going on as usual? We always like to talk about the Arboretum, and there's always something going on there. What What's happening there lately? Yes, well, what's happening at the Arboretum? The Apple House is still open. You can buy some Minnesota apples there and a pumpkin, if you're still interested in a pumpkin or squash for your uh, Thanksgiving uh, celebration and decorations. There's still some of those left. But the Apple House is transitioning over to the Holiday Boutique, and you'll see a lot of uh, things there. That is a really busy place. It's um, just beyond the Arboretum. You drive a little bit further, about a mile, a mile and a half further west on Route 5, and you can go to the Apple House. It's open from 10 to 5 every day. You can call and find out what varieties of apples are there for sale. There's no admission ticket to get into that, and, and it is a busy place. There's lots going on there. But, of course, the Arboretum has a beautiful 
venue any time of year. They're setting up now for the winter lights walk display for Christmas lights. That will be opening on November 18th. You, that is a ticketed event, just like the Arboretum admission is. And even members have to purchase a ticket for the um, winter lights. But it's a beautiful walking display with many vignettes set up around the main buildings at the Arboretum. So some days are sold out for the winter lights already, and it will go through um, December. But a great thing to visit there coming up. But of course, right now with no snow, a great place to walk at the Arboretum. And you can see some of the very end of the wonderful fall color. This is an amazing year for fall color, and there's still uh, some trees and shrubs. Even Hosta this year had great fall color, so really fun to take a, a fall walk at the Arboretum. I was just looking at some pictures I had taken uh, about three years ago at the uh, Arboretum, and I got to get back there. I love that place. All right. Uh, again, let me give you the phone number. It's also the text number, 651 Speaking of phones, let's go back to the phones. Kay is calling in from uh, Goodhue this morning. Kay, thank you for waiting. What is your question for Mary? Yes. I have a Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> having an issue with this phone system here. Oh, me? Yeah, let's try your question one more time. I have a friend, Lilac, and I want to remove it. And, one, and I have someone that would like to take um, but someone, I think they're pulling the leg. But anyway, if he told me, I could cut it off, take the bush, and plant it. Not, not, he didn't say with the root, he just sliced it off. Is that possible? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's always a challenge with our listener questions, but um, I think I got every third word of that. I, I think she's talking about propagating a shrub without taking the roots, but taking some type of a cutting from the top or maybe laying the branch down and getting it to root that way. Um, this is this is it's a phenomena with plants and propagation. It's one of the wonders of horticulture, and plants can be propagated in many different ways. But rarely do we do it this time of year in the winter. It's usually uh, in the spring as. Um, you take a softwood cutting, or if it's a really easy shrub or tree, you can take a hardwood cutting, which is what you would get now, this mature or harder wood. Um, I would wait till the spring when the plant is actively growing to do any type of propagation like that. But I'm I'm sorry, I can't give a better answer because I'm not really sure, Kay, what your question yeah, was. Yeah, it was kind of garbled again, and I'm not sure why. Um, Will, uh, but I think you were pretty close from what I was able to discern uh, as well. Uh, sorry about that, Kay. 
as far as dormant seating, uh, th- this is a question we get from time to time. How would putting down pre-emergence in the spring affect uh, if we put dormant seating down now? No, you you can't do pre-emergence with seeding. You know, these two things are just opposites. Um, put the If you're putting seed down, you want seed to grow. Pre-emergence chemicals kill seed. So it's, you know, it's just the opposite. And um, the pre-emergence don't discriminate on type of seed. They make a barrier on the soil for all seed to be affected. So it's um, no, do one or the other. Very good. Uh, let's see. I may have missed it. Texter says, but I have not heard how to care for a potted hydrangea plant over the winter. Please advise. Thank you. Ooh, this is kind of tough uh, because it potted hydrangeas um, really are difficult to grow indefinitely. Um, they're uh, there are so many different kinds of hydrangeas. Um, ideally, if this is a hardy plant, I would plant it outside even now uh, because this is the last week or so you're going to be able to get a shovel into the ground. The soil is not frozen. Put the roots of this hydrangea in the ground. Now, if it's flowering and attractive and you want to keep it as a flowering houseplant, you could do that until it quits flowering and then it's what we consider a florist hydrangea or one that is not specifically hardy here and then it's just a disposable plant at that point um my husband thinks there is no such thing in our house as a disposable (laughs) plant but at that point yes the florist hydrangea just flowers and then uh, it's meant to be um composted okay Mary, this listener says, can I still plant bulbs? Yes, I would go ahead and plant bulbs because here again, they are not going to live in your garage and they will um, establish. And now uh, if you can get them down in the soil, they're they're, um, best off planted right away. Uh, Text says, is it too late to transplant hostas? Yeah, I I think that is too late. Uh, hostas are really tough and hardy plants. The only exception I would say is if you're moving and you have access to the hosta now, but you won't in a short amount of time, then I would uh, I would risk it. But otherwise, I'd wait until spring. Okay. Uh, this texter said, I started a mulberry tree from one of the berries. There are four stems or trunks, whatever you call them, growing all together from the soil. It's about three inches tall. I have two questions. How do I overwinter it? And should I thin the stems so there is only one? Mulberry. Oh, yes, a mulberry. Okay, so many people consider this to be a weed tree. Uh, mulberries grow quite readily on their own. They can have, as you say, multiple stems or no stems. The the uh, multiple stems or one stem is up to you. Personal preference of what looks good. This tree is going to grow almost no matter what you do to it. I have several mulberries that I have cut back repeatedly. If you don't use chemical control or remove the roots, the mulberry may be with you long beyond your lifetime. So I don't think you have to worry about uh, damaging this tree. Okay. 
Uh, this listener says, how should I prepare my climbing rose for winter? Climbing rose for winter. Well, hopefully you've got one of the hardy kinds. William Baffin is my big favorite. That's a huge, big rose. Otherwise, um, I would not do too much to it for winter. Um, if it's a, if it's a marginally hardy one, um, you might consider uh, mulching on the roots of it or even putting some of the canes down and mulching the canes. But hopefully it's a hardy one. And the mulching, we haven't talked much about mulching, but mulching, other than the snow coming down, once the ground is frozen, then you put on a leaf. But mulching, other than the snow coming down, once the ground is frozen, then you put on a leaf or straw mulch that helps to keep the ground frozen and protect uh, the roots and crowns of less hardy plants. So I would say consider mulching it. Um, it's a little early now, but you could mulch it now because it's going to be dormant quite soon. I'm going to give you a little something to think about as we head to this break. Uh, this text says, good morning. Do you have any suggestions for plants to grow under a tree? Used to have mulch, but now it's bears. You think about that. Okay. And we uh, head to this break. Smart Garden every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour here on News Talk A3OWCC. Temperature reading right now at 30. We might hit 34, 35 with some snow, maybe a little rain on the way. You stay tuned to CCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota answering your lawn and garden questions. Well, Mary, we posed that one question about uh, some uh, ideas of plants to grow under a tree that is now bare. What do you think? Yes, yeah, so there are really many good choices here. Uh, you can go with wildflowers, which grow natively, uh, things like wild ginger and the uh, wild geranium, some of the columbines, or you can go with our cultivated plants, the favorite hosta that uh, many people grow. Hosta are really such tough plants. There are also cultivated geraniums that are ground covers. That These are big perennials, very good for dry shade conditions. Uh, sweet woodruff, Jacob's ladder. There are a lot of sedges, uh, small grasses that you can plant that are shade tolerant. So... Um, about half of these that I mentioned I had in my head and could remember, but the other half I simply looked on our extension.umn.edu website. I uh, put in the search engine shade gardening and up came the article on shade gardening with tall perennials, uh, ground covers, many good choices there. Yeah, again, a great reading, great information, extension.umn.edu. Uh, Mary, this listener says, I brought in my geraniums in hanging baskets. How do I overwinter them for next year? I think the most successful and the easiest way is just to keep them growing in a sunny window. If you have a southern uh, window or west window that can get a lot of sunlight in the wintertime, just keep them growing there. Now, some people give geraniums kind of a dormant treatment and put them in a paper bag in their basement or just put the pots in the basement and they barely hang on like that. That's kind of a difficult way, but they can, they're very tough plants, so they can overwinter, but bright sunshine, I think is the best choice. Okay. 
Should I, uh, this listener says, cut off my lilies, rhubarb, chives, and other perennials that have yellowed or drooped? Um, Yes, if they're yellow, you can cut them off. Uh, We have a lot of information now about less uh, cleanup in the gardens this time of year because we know many insects overwinter in uh, the plants. And these are often beneficial insects or native bees, etc. So you don't really have to clean these up, but if you want to and they're no longer green, they're, um, they're no longer of use to the plant. Speaking of perennials, this listener says, is it too early to mulch perennials for winter protection? I don't think so. I think that, uh, you know, the ground is not frozen yet, but um, either put a mulch on or hope that the snow comes and stays here. You probably have got through the end of this month to do the mulching. We'll have cool weather now and the soil will start to freeze more. So I I think you've got uh, some time to do it, but you can do it now. Uh, This text says, uh, when's the best time to trim our boxwood hedge? We cover them with burlap in the winter. So I have a boxwood hedge. I trim it once a year. And it's usually uh, sometime between June 20th and the 4th of July. And I have found that if I do that one time, I can get by without multiple times of cutting it. So I wouldn't do any pruning now. Uh, They they do... uh, cover theirs up. Mine is on the north side of my house. A broadleaf evergreen like boxwood can burn easily in the winter winds and winter sun that we have. So I wouldn't do any pruning now. I do it um, in the springtime. I think I planted about a dozen of those a few years ago, and maybe I'm just impatient. They seem to... be pretty slow growing. Is that typical? Yes. 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 Denny, you know, people plant boxwood that don't want to do pruning. This is, it's a slow growing and it's a dwarf or smaller plant. So yeah, typically it's planted for for minimal pruning. So it's not my, uh, my green thumb ability. No, uh, I don't think so. Good. This listener wants to know, can I use water from a dehumidifier to water house plants? We get that from time to time. Uh, yeah, I think that is fine. That uh, dehumidifier water coming out of the air. So that's just taking the water uh, that's in the air. So yeah, I think that should be absolutely fine. Sometimes the temperature of water can be, you know, really cold or really hot water, but that's going to be at room temperature. That should be fine. Should you cut the flowers off a limelight tree or leave them for the winter? I leave them for the winter. So this limelight is one of the hydrangeas, and I think the winter flowers are attractive. I cut some off. I put them in my pots with evergreens. That's uh, another thing, listeners. If you have evergreens, uh, you can prune your evergreens now and use those cuttings in uh, pots for holiday decorations or winter decorations. So uh, putting some of your hydrangeas in with uh, you, taxes, um, or any of the evergreens that you can uh, prune now. Okay. Uh, is it better to overseed in the fall or spring? 
I think it's better in the fall. So overseeding is planting grass seed on top of a lawn that's already there. And that's typically done at the peak time for grass seeding, the mid-August to mid-September. So that's the opposite of dormant seeding. So overseeding, you're trying to get the grass to grow at the best time of year, fall, uh, what it grows. You can do it in the spring, but fall is really the best time. Uh, is it, let's see, we've got a couple of minutes to go here. Is it uh, too late to wrap the trunk of a fall siesta sugar maple to prevent further sun scald damage during the winter? No, it's not too late. And this is a great uh, topic. I was thank you for uh, asking that question, listener, because uh, the thin barked maples can really damage when they're young. So wrapping them to prevent sun scald and, or the, the heat on the bark with the winter sun is, is important to prevent frost cracking. The other thing is that many of our um, fruit trees are such uh, food for rabbits in the wintertime that if you don't have some protection on your fruit trees, the rabbits will just devour them. So hardware cloth, which is the fine mesh wire, making a cylinder around your tree is ideal. So we have found that the hardware cloth is better than a tight protection which the tight protection to cover up the bark is the temporary thing for the winter, but the permanent hardware cloth can stay around that trunk of the fruit trees, mm. especially to protect them from rabbits. Excellent. Mary, we have plum run out of time. Thank you so much uh, for your help. Always a pleasure uh, having you on the radio here. And extension.umn.edu, another reminder to get on that uh, great website. Mary, have a good week, and we'll talk Thank soon. Thank you, Danny. Always a pleasure, as you say. Thank you. Mary Meyer from the University of Minnesota. Get those home improvement questions ready, any kind you have, even if it's about decks or porches, because Lou Panic handling those calls next hour. And then... Ask the vet in the 10 o'clock hour. Stay with us. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. 
in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.